Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of melasma from the dermatology section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A Middle Eastern 30-year-old woman comes to her obstetrician for recent darkening of her facial skin and neck. She is 34 weeks pregnant with her first baby. This has never happened to her before. Exacerbating factors include prolonged sun exposure after which her face seems to darken more. She denies any pruritus or pain. She has no significant past medical history. Physical exam reveals symmetric macular eruption of hyperpigmentation on her face. Her laboratory values are all normal. This is a case of melasma. Let's now get into the topic. In terms of an introduction, melasma is also known as cloasma. It is brown hyperpigmentation of the face and neck. In terms of the epidemiology, it is more commonly seen in women of darker skin tones. It is often associated with high levels of estrogen, usually in pregnancy, which is also why it's known as, quote, mask of pregnancy, along with the use of oral contraceptive pills. In terms of the etiology, the etiology is unknown, but it is exacerbated by sun exposure. Let's now discuss the clinical presentation of melasma. Melasma presents with symmetric macular or flat eruption of brown hyperpigmentation. It typically has well-defined borders. It is common in the forehead, upper lip, chin, malar eminences, and neck. Note that it is non-erythematous and non-inflammatory. In terms of diagnostic evaluation, the diagnosis is based on clinical exam and history. In terms of a differential diagnosis, the two main differentials to keep in mind are post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation and lentigines. Let's now discuss the treatment of melasma. The treatment involves topical hydroquinone or bleaching cream with or without tretinoin cream. You would also want to advise the patient of sun avoidance and sunscreen use. Note that cessation of contraceptives is also part of the treatment modality. And finally, in terms of the prognosis, prevention, and complications, melasma usually fades over months after pregnancy or cessation of contraceptives. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A 33-year-old comes to her dermatologist complaining of a rash that recently started appearing on her face. She states that over the past three months, she has noticed that her cheeks have been getting darker, which has been causing her psychological distress. She has attempted using skin lighteners on her cheeks, but recently noticed more dark spots on her forehead. Aside from a first trimester miscarriage five years ago and a 15-year history of migraines, she has no other past medical history. She is currently taking ibuprofen and rizotriptan for her migraines and is also on oral contraceptives. Her mother has a history of thyroid disease and migraines, but was otherwise healthy. On exam, the patient's temperature is 99.1 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.3 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 130 over 88 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 76 per minute and respirations are 12 per minute. The patient has Fitzpatrick phototype 3 skin and marked confluent hyperpigmented patches over her cheeks without scarring. Her forehead is also notable for hyperpigmented macules that have not yet become confluent. There are no oral ulcers nor any other visible skin lesion. 
the patient has a negative pregnancy test and her ANA is negative. Which of the following is the most likely cause of this patient's disease? 1. Autoantibodies 2. Enzyme inhibition 3. Hypersensitivity reaction 4. Medication or 5. Post-inflammatory changes And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4, medication. Melasma results in hyperpigmentation of the face and is due to elevated levels of hormones such as progesterone, estrogen, and melanocyte-stimulating hormone. This can occur during pregnancy, especially during the third trimester, or from medications such as oral contraceptives. Remember, melasma typically affects Fitzpatrick type 3 and type 4 patients and causes hyperpigmentation of the face in sun-exposed areas. The pathogenesis is still not clear, but elevated female hormones have been associated with half of cases. In laboratory studies, estrogen and progesterone receptors have been identified in melasmic skin. Ultraviolet radiation is also believed to play a role in melasma due to the distribution of hyperpigmentation as well as the upregulation of melanogenesis seen in the epidermis and dermis. Depending on the location of the hyperpigmentation in the layers of the skin, the appearance can range from brown to blue. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, autoantibodies are seen in cutaneous lupus erythematosus, including discoid lupus and systemic lupus erythematosus. In addition to this patient's negative ANA, there are no other symptoms concerning for lupus. Answer choice 2, enzyme inhibition leading to skin hyperpigmentation is seen in exogenous ochronosis, where the use of topical hydroquinone, a skin lightener, leads to the competitive inhibition of homogentistic oxidase in the skin. Homogentistic acid and its metabolites then build up and discolor the skin. This condition is very rare, and this patient developed hyperpigmentation prior to the use of skin lighteners. Answer choice 3, Hypersensitivity plays a role in hyperpigmentation syndromes such as real melanosis, also known as pigmented contact dermatitis. This is a type 4 hypersensitivity reaction that occurs due to contact with allergens such as ingredients found in cosmetics. And finally, answer choice 5, post-inflammatory changes can result in skin hyperpigmentation in response to conditions such as acne, eczema, or even injuries that cause inflammatory changes. This patient has no other lesions identified nor any visible scarring. In summary, melasma results in skin hyperpigmentation over sun-exposed areas and is due to elevated hormone levels during pregnancy or oral contraceptive use. And that's all for this review about melasma. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.